This is an ABC podcast. This is Roots and Shoots. Text on 0437 922 720 or call 1300 That's right, that's right. Ready to take your gardening. Jackie Lynch is my name and I may be new here, but Sabrina Hahn is not. She's here every week taking your gardening questions and she's in Wagga today, aren't you, Sabrina? I certainly am, Jackie, and how lovely to talk to you. I know. And, hey, tell me, what are you doing in Wagga? Ah, well, I've got a new grandbaby who's, well, she's one year old now, but um, so I don't get to see her very much. So I need to come over every few months to look at her progression and also to see my daughter and son-in-law. Um, but they take second place to, to a country. new grandbaby, don't they? Yeah, definitely, Jackie. Definitely. <laughs> yes, no, fair enough. And uh, I imagine it's a pretty special time to be over east. It's almost spring. The gardens might be looking pretty good over there. Oh, it's still bloody freezing here <laughs> uh, and wet. But two nights ago, three nights ago, because um, where um, my daughter lives is just outside of town and it overlooks a big field but because there's not very many lights here we saw the moon rise and it was amazing it was huge and the night sky is so beautiful oh isn't that stunning that's something Mm. you might not see every day no not in the city you don't (laughs) but um but we're having a, a lovely time so um lots of Lots of good country eating here, Jackie. I'll come back a bit hefty. (laughs) That's all right. As long as you've uh, eaten some good food, spent some time with family uh, and had the best time you possibly can. Sabrina, should we take some gardening questions? Well, I I suppose I better earn my keep, Jackie. I think that's why you're here. Uh, I thought we might start in the hills. Errol has a question for Sabrina. Says, my citrus trees, small and large, are covered in black aphids. Lemon tree too large to squash and wash them off. Tried the garlic, chilli spray, and they loved it. <laughs> Eco oil hasn't helped either. New growth looking sick, flowers falling off. Help is the cry from Errol. What have you got? Oh, Errol. Um, okay, so this time of the year you're going to get, in fact, my orange tree was covered in aphids uh, before I left. So there are lots and lots of predators to aphids. So if you um, spray, you can spray with pyrethrum um, and that will knock them off. But leave, don't spray all of them. You want to leave some of them. There will be ladybird larvae at this time of the year that are chowing down on at least 100 aphids a day. Oh, so, so you want to leave some for the food? Yeah, yeah. So if you leave pests on, you get the predators coming in to take control of them. Because if you've tried the oil spray and that hasn't worked and the chilli and garlic spray and that hasn't worked, then my suggestion is to leave it to nature to bring in the bugs that eat bugs. All right, Errol, hopefully that helps you. Just a reminder, you can call in your questions for Sabrina Hahn as well. one three hundred triple two seven twenty 720 is the number to get us on Jackie and Sabrina for your Saturday morning. Or the text line 0437922720 is what Elizabeth in Cloverdale has done. She says, hi, Sabrina, small garden, so I can't rotate tomatoes, so I'm going to grow them in pots. After harvest, can I reuse the soil mix for other crops or top dress? the lawn? 
Absolutely, Elizabeth. Um, Lots of people have had so much trouble growing tomatoes lately, Jackie, probably in the last 15 years because a lot of them actually carry a virus. So you can't use the same area to grow your tomatoes in and they grow beautifully in pots. Um, So that's a really good way of doing it and you can definitely reuse that potting mix Don't use it to plant more tomatoes, but you can top dress the lawn, you can use, you can grow in any other crops, you can put in silver beets, spring onions, cabbages, all those plants. Um, So don't waste it. Mm. Well, I was going to actually start growing some tomatoes, but good to know that I should put them in the pot and not in the straight. And it's a bit early, Jackie. Don't don't, people put tomatoes in too early and the soil temperature is too cold? So I would definitely, unless you've got a hot house. If you've got a hot house, you can put tomatoes in now, but really you have to wait until September. Right, so now is not the time. So, uh, Elizabeth, give it a couple of months and tomatoes will be good to go. Uh, on Herb has called in from Byford, has a question about his dragon fruit. Herb, what's your question for Sabrina today? Oh, um, yeah, when's the best time to uh, to prune them? Because uh, they've grown such a length in their um, succulent parts uh, or yeah. branches or whatever um, that they're, um, I grew, grew them over a frame, uh, one and a half metres tall, and they're just, tu- just about touching the ground now. And wow. so, um, yeah. Okay, so you can't, you can't prune. You've got to wait until the, the really hot weather herb. They're a tropical plant. So have you had fruit off them yet? No, lots of uh, flowers, um, but we're, we're obviously not quite getting uh, what we need to put in the soil in this sort of um, bassendine sand soil to, uh, oh, yeah. to get them beyond the flowers. So they, they, Yeah, lots they, of, you I need get... lots of compost and cow poo, Herb. All right. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, Oh, well, well, we'll just we'll see if we can uh, track down someone with bagged um, uh, cow pats. Yeah, and um, the other thing is sometimes if you haven't got bees around, you'll have to do the pollination yourself. All right, I hope that helps, Herb. Cow, cow poo, compost. Uh, I didn't even know that we could grow dragon fruit in WA, yeah. Sabrina. I, I've never yeah. seen it. What does a dragon fruit tree even look like? Well, it's not. It's a cactus. So it just looks like a big square cactus and then you get these beautiful big flowers on them and then the fruit forms from the flower um, and some of them are, they call them a dragon fruit because some of the fruit's red with scales on it but soft scales. Mm. Um, you usually need, you need a few dragon plants to get, to get it to fruit because you'll need that cross-pollination. But they do very well in Perth. You have to up the water in in um, summer and you definitely need to improve the soil. They don't like heavy soil. Yeah, okay. All right. Sabrina Hahn and Jackie Lynch taking your gardening questions this morning. Well, Sabrina is. I'm just watching on and learning <laughs> everything that I can about gardening in this short hour that we have. one three hundred triple two seven twenty 720 is the number to text in on, like Cam in Wembley Downs has done with a question about his friend Japani. Cam, what's your question? 
Oh, g'day there. Um, how are you going, Sabrina? Uh, yeah, good, Ken. That's good. We've got two big, well-established frangipani trees. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, this time of year, they're shedding their leaves and then they start coming back in September, October. Last year in September, October, like we wanted them to crank them along. So we we're like loading up with the MPK sort of every fortnight. But we actually found when it came to summer, they didn't flower anywhere near as good as they did the year before and wondered whether we sort of put too much juice on them. Um, yeah, and whether, whether they're stuck, you know, what do we do to get the best flowering out of them? Yeah. Okay. So number one, the fertiliser you've used is quite high in nitrogen and it's fast release and that's not going to give you good flowering on your frangipani. So if you want to up the amount of flowers you get, you really got to pull back on the nitrogen. Um, definitely get some sulphate of potash so they need potassium and you need to start putting that on in spring. Um, when you see the little leaves first forming. Uh, and I would use a different fertiliser. So I'd get a slow-release one. There's one that's mineral-based and it's made in Western Australia and it's got 60 different minerals in it. So that would be much better for your frangipanis and still add the sulphate of potash on top of that. Now, if you're going to use that fertiliser, you only need to use it once every three months until June and then you stop fertilising and you don't start fertilising until September. Okay, so June to September is no go. Yep. Uh, and sulphate of potash is just in... Potash, warm- yep, in, yeah, in September. Warm- yep, and again in December, Cam. All right, well, we're just finding – well, I'm just finding out that so much goes into gardening and I've been doing it wrong my entire life. <laughs> but that's okay, one three hundred triple two seven twenty to get your gardening questions into Sabrina Hahn this morning. Joining us uh, from Wagga Wagga over east, uh, uh, Jenny is on the line with a question. Sabrina, I've heard you're not a fan of lemon tree questions, oh. but uh, <laughs> let's give it a go. <laughs> uh, on this occasion, Jackie, I, I'm sure I can – help Jenny out. Jenny, she's going to take it. You've got a question about your lemon tree. What's your question? Good morning, ladies. Yes, um, Sabrina, I've just moved into a place in East Rio and the lemon tree's a monster, a tall. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at it. It's huge. <laughs> yes. Do I? Right. That, do I that needs do I scalping. Yes, I figured. Yep. How much do I take off? Two-thirds. Okay. So I know that sounds that. drastic, Jenny, and you're going to have to bring out your recip saw. Um, but number one, you can't reach the fruit. Number two, uh, the fruit probably won't be of good quality anyway. No, it, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. So are there any spikes or spines on the branches? Uh, yes, there are. Ah. Yeah, okay. Big, big so... Your lemon tree may have reverted back to rootstock, which means the lemons will be terrible anyway. Okay. If you can find branches that don't have the spines on it, keep it. So take two-thirds off anyway. Clean out the centre so that there's no crossing branches. Um, And then look for, wait for the first fruiting. If the fruit is still really gnarly and hard and knobbly, it's it's reverted back to rootstock and you'll never get a decent decent lemon off it. 
Right, so then pull it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jenny. I can I can guarantee that that will work. I just had the exact same problem, and my dad, I thought he absolutely butchered my lemon tree. He, <laughs> he cut so much off it, Sabrina. I yeah. was so worried. And amazing. Now it is just pumping out the lemons, and they're really good. Yeah. So it works. Jenny, send your texts in to Roots and Shoots today. 0437922720 is the text line. Or give Sabrina a call, 1300222720. Sabrina Linda on the text line says, Hi, ladies. I have a few broad bean plants this year. They're just flowering now. However, something is working its way up the stems, eating the leaves. I have sprayed with... Uh, Oh, no, this is going to stump me. Uh, I've sprayed with stuff starting with P a couple of times, but whatever it is, is still eating the plants. Uh, Can you help Linda out, Sabrina? Yeah, absolutely. Now, at this time of the year, Linda, you're going to have, there will be weevils, there will be beetles, there will be those bloody great big grasshoppers from up north that you could put a saddle on. Um, and, of course, caterpillars. So there's heaps of caterpillars around. Even though you can't, you may not be able to see them, um, I reckon it'll be caterpillars. So now the good thing about caterpillars is they poo a lot. (laughs) So you'll see little tiny black, little round poos really is what they are. Uh, so then you know it's caterpillars. Now, there is a caterpillar-specific spray that you can use. If it is the grasshoppers, not much you can do apart from net the net your broad beans. So it might even be worthwhile just netting your broad beans. They won't sneak through the net, will they? Mm, not, not if you use insect netting. They can't get through. All right, Linda. I like to go. I like to use stealth at night time with a head torch, Jackie. Because stealth stuff that yeah, yeah. you go out at night time in your black stuff, you know, your camo gear, and uh, with a head torch, and you go and see what's eating your plants at night. A stealth mission in the garden. I love it. Uh, and make sure you're wearing the black as well. Camouflage. Don't want those caterpillars yeah. to spot you. See you coming, maybe. <laughs> Exactly. Sabrina, uh, Bob in Rollystone has a question about asparagus. Bob, what's your question? Oh, yeah, good morning. Um, I've got an asparagus bed. I put them in uh, last year, um, early on. And all of a sudden uh, now, which I thought was still winter, they've started to shoot and I'm starting to get spears. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure whether I should be uh, cutting them off before they even grow or just letting them go. Some of them are the size of my thumb, I suppose. Wow. Um, now, Bob, this seems to be occurring everywhere. So all our fruit and veggie plants are doing strange things because our we're just having different winters and I reckon we're in for a absolute cracker of a heat wave of summer this year. Um now it's not just asparagus that are coming up. All the there's there's you know people with fruit actually forming on the trees. So it's hard to know, Bob. All we can do is start experimenting. So I'm saying to people, keep a diary of what's happening in your garden and when. Now what I would do is get um, uh, 
a tag, a plant tag. So harvest the spears on half of your asparagus, leave the others to go to fern and see what happens the following year. So the asparagus that's come up, if you if you leave that to go to fern, then you're going to miss a crop, I reckon. Yep. So I would still harvest half of them, let the other half go to spear and see as long as you mark it or take a photo of it so you can see what asparagus comes up next year because none of us know. With with a changing climate... They still taste good. Oh, well, harvest away, Bob. Harvest (laughs) away. (laughs) Well, Bob, I hope that helps. Good luck with the asparagus diary. Run 300, triple two, 720 is the way you get your questions answered by Sabrina. 21 minutes past nine o'clock across the state this morning. Rod in Forestfield has a question for Sabrina. Good morning, Rod. Uh, Good morning, uh, girls. How are we today? We're good. Absolutely sensational. All right. I'm about to go and chop some wood in a minute. All right. My um, grapevine, I've been doing test cuts on it for the last couple of months, and every time I do a test cut, where I cut it, it's dripping, and apparently it's not ideal to cut the grapevine when you do that test cut and it drips, and I've been waiting to do a test cut and there's no dripping, but it hasn't happened yet have I left trimming my grapevine to too late no not at all um I would I would go ahead and prune anyway look no matter what time in winter that you prune your grapevines you will get a bit of flow anyway Rod I wouldn't be concerned about it um definitely go ahead uh I would prune it like ASAP and I wouldn't worry about the dripping all right. Well, thank you very much and have a lovely day. I'll do it this afternoon. Thank you very much. Fantastic. No worries, Rod. Sabrina, yeah, we're having some with... absolute awesome weather here, so it is a great time for everyone oh. to get out in the garden. You're missing out. Oh, oh, oh what? Oh, so it's not cold, wet and minus two in the morning. Oh, it's a little bit chilly, but it's uh, no, it's <laughs> no, no rain around for the garden, but it's a, just a great day, I think, to be out in the garden. So it's good that you're here giving everyone their tips. Uh, Brooke on the text line says, Hi, Sabrina. Being a nana is the best, by the way. But I want to get rid oh, of those furry caterpillars that are too tempting for little hands to pick up, let alone the destruction of the plants. We talked about caterpillars. Is the advice the same for Brooke? Yes, indeed. So there's two caterpillar-specific sprays you can get, and both of them contain a bacteria that only affects caterpillars. So even if the birds come and eat the caterpillars, it doesn't harm the birds. So uh, you'll be looking for something that has bacillus written on it. Uh, so there's there's a couple of products and you need to – you can't spray if it's going to rain uh, because it'll wash off. If you can spray the caterpillar with it, even better. But if you spray it on the leaves, when they eat the leaves – That's the end of the caterpillar. Okay. And John in Margaret River is on the line, has a question about his fig tree. Is that right, John? Correct, yes. What's your question? Uh, I want to prune it back quite heavily and propagate the prunings. Can he do that, Ah, Sabrina? Marvellous. 
Absolutely. Perfect time of the year for you, John, to do that. So you can take, so don't take the very tip of the fig tree. You can take, so come down from the top of the fig tree about 10 centimetres. Then you're going to take a cutting that has at least three nodes. That's where the where the um, the leaves come out, and take that cutting about twenty centimeters long, and then shove a third of that cutting in potting mix, and then uh, you know nothing's going to happen for a little while, but in spring, it should start shooting roots and leaves. And what's the biggest cutting I could take? I was trying to go cheat a bit and throw. I know you go big. How big? Go big. So, uh, well, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go more than say five hundred mil, fifty centimeters. You can try bigger ones, but they often don't take, John. So, Mm. I wouldn't. What you can do? Some people have taken them up to a meter in length, and then they bury half a meter in the ground. Yep. So you could try that. but All right, John, give that a go. Uh, and while we're on the topic of uh, pruning, Jenny in Bustleton, Sabrina, has texted in and says, Hi, Sabrina, how and when do I prune kiwi fruit vines? I have male and female pl- Male and female kiwi fruits, is that a thing? One year old. Yep. All yep. right. Um, if, you don't have, if you don't have the boys and the girls playing together, you're not going to get fruit, Jackie. Wow, look at me learning about fruit. Ooh. I didn't realise uh, that there was male and female fruits. All right, so how does Jenny uh, w- prune her kiwi fruit vines? Okay, so you, you don't prune your kiwi fruit until after the fruiting has finished. So that's usually the end of summer. Okay, so still a little little while to go there. Yeah, a little uh, while. Jenny? If they haven't fruited yet, I would leave them, Jenny. Just let them go until they fruit and then do your pruning straight up, you know, once fruiting is finished. All right, I hope that answers your question, Jenny. Uh, Cheryl is on the line from East Fremantle. Cheryl, what's your question for Sabrina? Yeah, hi, ladies. Thank you so much for taking my call. So we recently moved to East Rio and the previous owners um, obviously wanted to tart it up the place and they put a poinciana tree as a street tree and it's very, very tiny. I used to live in Broome, so I know what they should look like. Um, But um, ours was leafy green, but now I'm like, I think I'm killing it. I don't know why, but it's brown, leaves have fallen off. It's not good. That's because it's winter, Cheryl. It's winter. So, so, so what happens with well, what happens with poinsettias um, when they come out of a tropical climate, which is where they come from? Um, in winter, they'll go very sad, and then if it's very small, sometimes they'll die. So it's difficult getting poinsettias through the first two year two winters basically. Um, so what people do is they get the bubble wrap and they make a frame around the poinciana and they wrap bubble wrap around that just to get it through those first two winters. Um, they don't like wet feet. Well, you're not going to have wet feet in East Frio because you're on sand. They don't particularly like limestone. If it's hit caprock limestone, they're not going to like that either. So... 
It's just, it won't be anything you're doing. But what you can do, Cheryl, is go and get yourself a bag of compost and sprinkle that around the, the, use it as a top dressing around the poinciana. Do not fertilise it. Do that, wait for that in spring. Okay, so there's not much I can really do other than the potting mix um, because it's so young. Yeah, Yeah, the compost, and I'd put bubble wrap around, make a tent around it with bubble wrap. All right, probably a few sad gardens around at the wintertime at the moment. particularly for tropical plants. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty is the text line to get your gardening questions in. Jackie Lynch and Sabrina Hahn on the airwaves this morning. Or the talkback number. We love it when people give us a call. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. I've got a question here from Andrew in Fremantle. Andrew, what's your question for Sabrina? Good morning, Jack and Sabrina. Um, we have uh, two red flowering gums that have been planted as a screening uh, thing along the western fence, and they're both leaning over at like a forty-five degree angle. Oh, um, they're, wow! They're about they're about double fence height, um, with trunks like right. eight inch diameter. Um, right. And when they get wind, they really bend over even more so obviously with yeah. all the rain they've been um, yeah can we can we straighten them up or is it too late or what yeah. can we do to no no you can andrew but it's going to take you a little while so basically what you're going to do is slowly winch them up over a period of three years so you know you can get the the snap straps um, because you, you won't be able to do it all in one go if they're leaning over that far, that you'll just snap them off. So what some people do is on the, the side where you need to straighten them, they dig a trench around there so there's a bit of room for the root ball to move. Um, so I'd suggest you, you there's, there won't be much sap flow at the moment, so I'd wait until September and then put a, a strap on them and start slowly winching them back. It is okay. – you will be able to do it, but, it, but you know, it is going to take you two or three years. Yep. No, it would be worth it because they're doing you, a great you, job at You're good for that? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, great. No worries. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. You're listening to Roots and Shoots. Uh, Twenty nine minutes to ten o'clock today. I'm just overwhelmed with all this gardening knowledge that I'm getting. So I thought <laughs> maybe we could take a little bit of a break, Sabrina. Yep. It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're gonna dig this. Here we go now. Sabrina, I have a bone to pick with you about this one. Um, um, Ooh. Way to stitch up the new person to the show and choose oh. a song with a couple of swear words in and in there. Did you know oh. that you did that? No, no uh, 
I hope we've got the right song. <laughs> make me well. Do you want to introduce oh, it? Yes. Yeah, make me smile. Oh, well, Bones and Jones. The version, the version I listened to, Jackie, uh, didn't have any swear words. Oh, okay. I usually check. I thought you just did it to stitch me up. You're like Jackie's mm. new. Let's chuck a couple of swears mm. in there. See if she notices. Oh, but oh, I didn't realise. Well, maybe I listened to the one that they'd cleaned up. <laughs> well, this one I've cleaned up. I've put a couple of dra- dramatic beeps in there to uh, really draw people's attention to where it was. Oh, now, well, the reason – so let's talk about why I chose this song. Let's. So I usually do, but I haven't been on for about six weeks, I do an overnights program with Trevor Chappell and his son Finn Chappell is part of this band called Bones and Jones. And um, so they're a a Melbourne band, well, a Victorian band um, that come from Geelong and there's six six guys and they all knew each other at at school and they're still a band. And Bones and Jones are actually playing at Margaret River tonight. Excellent, and my at part of the world. On Sunday, yeah, on the other side of the world, they've come all the way to Margaret River and to Frio for Mojo's. So Margaret River tonight and Mojo's on Sunday night. But they're really cool sound. Like even though they may swear, uh, they're, they're, it's kind of an interesting. It's it's like a a combination of sort of indie folk with a touch of country and rock. All right. Kind of thing. Now, even though they're swearing in this, this is um, Finn. Finn wrote this song because he has um, a, a client that works with people with disability, and and it's really a song about how much he learnt uh, about the difficulties that that um, disability carers have and and disabled people themselves. So it's called "Make You Smile." Um, go and see them at Mojo's or at Settlers down in Frio tonight. I mean, Margs, Margs. Well, if it makes you smile as well, let us know about it. Let's give it a play.
Make me smile, Bones and Jones. That was your pick of the week. Sabrina, how do you feel about the dramatic swear beeps that we added into that song? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jackie. I honestly didn't hear this. You could have got me fired from my first and only time it might have been being on Roots and Shoots with you. Oh, never. On Roots and Shoots, we get away with lots of stuff, Jackie. Oh, well, I, I'm learning. Uh, and Sandy and Reggie Dog love that one. Says, yeah, Sab, we're awake now. Great toe and poor chapping tune. Uh, so, you know, it's got a bit of support on the text line. Uh, oh, if good. you want to let us know what you feel about it, 0437922720, along with your gardening questions. Look, I liked it, Sabrina. I'd never heard oh, that good. song before, and I thought Excellent. it was a, a bit of a banger. So, <laughs> well done. We uh, like the toe tapping stuff we do. Yeah, it got me moving, and because I <laughs> spent ages editing the little swears out of that, I knew exactly when it was going to come. I pointed to Molly here in the studio, like, here's the beeps, they're coming. It'll be there. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're so conscientious. Bruce in my lap has a question for you, Sabrina. Bruce, what is your question? Good morning, young ladies. Good morning, Bruce. I have one to really try you out, Sabrina. Try me um, out. Go my, ahead. Right. The land that I'm on is almost pure lime. Uh, so what I'm going to do to separate the soil from the top soil is yeah. put a piece of plastic down. And then I'm going to want to put an electric blanket on top of that and then another piece of plastic over the top to waterproof it. Now, will this warmth from a lecky blanket help the plants grow during the early winter or late Definitely. winter? Absolutely. So, now, okay. it will unless you get frost. No, there's no frost here. No frost. Uh, it was zero this morning, but uh, no frost around. Because, um, so we use electric blankets quite a bit when, and you can get, elect, but people probably think that we're both crazy. Bruce. I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I use, I use, it's the same thing as an electric blanket for, to raise seedlings in, from seed in winter, but also for cuttings. So they do make, and, you know, big nurseries in winter, they have massive electric blankets for all, for all their plants. So that will definitely work as long as you don't get frost. Right, I'll sleep out there with them and play them and see that they stay warm. <laughs> hey, and Bruce, I want, yeah. I want you to send us a picture and then... You've got to ring us up and give us an update. Okay, I can do that, yeah. Can you I'd do get that? My son to do it. Yeah, I'd get yeah, my son to I, do it. Because I, I love it when people just think outside the square and go, you know what, I reckon this will work. Yeah, Bruce, send us a picture of you with the electric blanket and the plants yep. uh, having a little nap out there. I thought you were absolutely crazy. I saw that question come through and I was like, what's, what's this guy talking about? Electric blankets for s- plants? Yeah, turns out he's a bit smarter than I am. <laughs> there you go. He's a keen gardener, Jackie. He's a keen gardener. Only a keen gardener would know electric blankets for your veggie <laughs> garden. One three hundred triple two seven twenty to get your questions into Sabrina for roots and shoots on the line. Gillian has a question about her lemon tree. What's your question? Um, scale. Ah, oh, okay. Yep. 
Now, so how big is your lemon tree, Gillian? Oh, about five or six feet. Uh, five, yeah, six foot tall, maybe. As tall okay. as me, five, seven. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's, I've, been, I've been spraying it with eco oil for some years now, but I just can't get on top of it. Okay. So now this is going to sound crazy as well, but it is really effective. So you go out with a, a, a scrubbing brush or, you know, the, the things that you wash your dishes with, one of those brushes. <laughs> you can tell I'm into housework. Um, and then you buy some potassium soap, which you buy from a nursery. It's in a packet and it's, um, you just mix it with water and you are going to go along the branches where the scale is the worst and you're going to scrub the little sods off because what happens unless you break the life cycle they're going to the scale will keep coming back right so the babies the eggs are underneath that waxy scale coating so when you spray you kill the parent but you don't kill the next generation that are coming through in about two or three weeks time so it keeps perpetuating if you get a if you get a brush and scrub them off for a start, you get rid of the adults and then you squish all the the babies, all the eggs are exposed and they die. So okay. and is, is that it, what, it, it sounds what? like a lot of work, but it's really effective. All right. So well, hold on. We've got people out here scrubbing their plants, electric yep. blankets, yep. male and female fruit trees. How much are we learning on roots and shoots today, everyone? Well, Jackie, gardeners are all, we're all a little bit tapped in some way. And then we become obsessed with things. <laughs> I'm in. Sign me up. This sounds like, ex- <laughs> I think I've found my crew. <laughs> one 720 going on quarter to 10 o'clock. You've still got 15 minutes to get your texts into Sabrina or your calls. Uh, Marianne has texted in Sabrina. She says, I have a self-seeded sunflower in York that was doing well, but then something chewed its stalk off and it fell over. However, it's come back trying to grow, so fingers crossed. Any idea what chewed it? We have rabbits around but would it be a bunny? It's off the ground. My partner says maybe wasps. What are we thinking? No, not wasps. Um, bunnies can hop and jump. So uh, rabbits, maybe I don't know how high up off the ground it is, but there's things like weevils, beetles. Um, there's also uh, there's a caterpillar that uh, it's called cutworm caterpillar and it it just comes emerges out of the soil at night it's a sort of a fat um smooth caterpillar and they chew through the stems of seedlings so it could be that but you won't see it because it'll be in the ground uh at night so it it could be a myriad of things Mm. locusts katydids um Hard to know, really, but it wouldn't would not be a wasp. We don't have those wasps that they have. Well, thankfully, we did get some in the European wasp. They take great chunks out of, but usually fruit. 
A lot of animals, a lot of bugs eating a lot of different plants today. Maybe you can also help out Meredith in Narragans who says, Good morning, ladies. Is there anything I can do in spring to help reduce the green shield beetle attack on tomatoes? I had a sacrificial caladula plant and picked the darlings off, but, boy, they were prolific. What do you think, Sabrina? Okay, shield beetles are um, they're in the stink bug range. They are buckers to get rid of uh, and they usually come in their, in a hoard. Uh, so you can use a neem oil-based spray. The other thing, uh, I know um, she's picked them off before, but that that is actually quite effective. But I would use the neem oil, N-E-E-M spray. Okay, hopefully that helps you out. If you've got a question for Sabrina on Roots and Shoots today, one three hundred triple two seven twenty is the way to get in touch or send us a text zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. My name's Jackie Lynch and Sabrina Hahn is with you taking your gardening questions as well. Some support coming in on the text line for your pick of the week as well. I haven't seen any hate towards it, Sabrina. Oh. Uh, Narelle in Joondalup has sent a beautiful message. She says, thanks for the pick. It's brilliant. I have a beautiful boy with a disability and his support worker is our superhero and our son's best friend. So that's a lovely message on the text line. We do have uh, Kent on the line from Nedlands with a question about compost. Go for it. Yeah. Hi, Sabrina. I've got um, two compost um, sites. One is a tumbler and one is the large black um, one that you pop things in. I um, like a TARDIS, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that, over the last month or so, has developed um, lots of little white runners. They look like roots or something, um, right through it. And they're all the same size. They all look the same. Is it Any near ideas? a tree? No. Is it near a tree? No, no. 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 No, it's intact within the uh, within the compost. Okay, that's just fungi. That's a fungi growing in there. Okay, is so white, I was wondering, is it good? Yeah, white threads, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's probably mycelium. Um, now, uh, is it? I reckon it would be a good one. So as long as your compost, where those threads are, um so they're called hyphae. If it's not smelly and slimy, then it's a good fungus. Its Sounds role good, is then. to actually work with bacteria to start the com- whole composting thing. So uh-huh. in that, if, it, if it's not slimy and smelly, it's a good, that's a good fungus to have in there. No, no, so that sounds good. Now, does yep. temperature, I mean, I don't think during winter it's got really warm in the in that compost. No. Is that a factor but, too? Um, yes, but, and that's the role of bacteria. Bacteria will heat the compost up. Mm. Um, so I would I would say it's all good. All right, sounding good over there. If you've got a call, one three hundred triple two seven twenty is the number to get us on. Like uh, Will in Brentwood has done with a question for Sabrina. What would you like to know, Will? Yeah, good morning, ladies. Um, look, I've got a peach tree. It's a really old peach tree, and unfortunately, it's kind of shot through with brown rot every time 
the peaches come good, they then yeah. go bad. Um, it's old, and unfortunately, we're going to have to put the rent. We're going to have to put the house out to rental um, at the end of the year. So, right. I'm just wondering if you've got any advice. Like I've tried with uh, Mancazeb and uh, copper sulfate and a few other things. Yeah. Um, is it the case that the tree is just too old? It doesn't seem to have it. It helps for a bit and then doesn't help. Yeah, no. And will if you're having to rent your house out, people are not going to muck around with it because. It's under stress, it's, you know, if it's neglected, it's going to die anyway. You, you may as well give it a quick death, I reckon. <laughs> All right, um, thanks for that. I just, I wanted to hear it from you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Will. But, oh, no um, you know, I, I would say that uh, you, you would be able to, you know, if you regularly spray it and look after it and nurse it through and you'd have to use different fungicides at different times of the year, I don't, I don't like its chances if, the, you know, if there's not someone there that loves it. Having to be the bearer of bad news today, Sabrina. Oh, no. Pat has a quick question on the text line. Says, Sabrina, can I use leftover brickies sand for cuttings? And in the veggie garden, he's in the Pilbara red soil. Uh, yeah, you can. Now, before you use that bricky sand, pH test it. Get a soil pH testing kit. If the bricky sand is really acid or really alkaline, don't use it. You could use it in the veggie garden, but definitely not for cuttings. So, Depends what you want, a pH around 6.5. All right, thanks for sending that one through, Pat, on 0437 922 720. Kyle in North Fremantle has a question for you, Sabrina. Kyle, what would you like to ask Sabrina? Oh, hello, Jackie and Sabrina. Um, Sabrina, I've got a peach tree that's west-facing between two uh, limestone walls and it's in full bloom. I'm just worried that uh, it happened last year and I lost all the fruit. Um, and the other quick question is, I did have um, the woodshot borer in a elder box maple at the front of the house. The egg department have been terrific in removing it, but I'm thinking of either a crepe myrtle or a Judas tree. Um, the Judas tree will be fine. That's not going to be affected by the polyphagus um, shot hole borer. Uh, I know that Lagostromias are the crepe, some of the crepe myrtles, but the older, really old ones. Um, it depends which one you're after as to what height you want. Uh, but the Circus would be my pick for that. Um, okay, because I want something with a bit of shade at the, to, for the front of the house on the veranda. So, okay, and you're in you're in North Frio. North so, Fremantle, are you yeah. on are you on limestone? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, you'll you'll need to go the Circus rather than the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's and one. There's a beautiful one. There's quite a few Circes you can get now. Um, yes. Judas tree. So the the one they actually call the Judas tree is one of the smallest ones, but there uh-huh. are bigger ones. So there's one called Oklahoma, which it does very well, and another one called Forest Pansy. Okay, I'll have a look at those. And the yeah. what do you think about the peach? Do you think I yeah your peach tree? Okay, back to your peach tree. It's in full. It's in full blossom now, is it? 
Yes. Okay, so I would be very careful spraying anything while it's got its flowers on it. Okay, so um, still feed once it, the fruit, Once the fruit starts forming, you can use wettable sulphur. All right, Carl, hope that helps with your questions. Keep them coming through. You can call one three hundred triple two seven twenty 720 to talk to me, Jackie. Well, you don't want to talk to me. To talk to Sabrina Hahn to answer your gardening questions. You've still got about five minutes, so you better get in quick if you want to. Uh, Kerry in Kalamunda, we're circling back to Frangipani's. Sabrina, what's your question, Kerry? Yes, good morning, ladies. I have um, some rather sticky like, you know, like very gangly frangipanis, and I just wondered when the right time to prune them back was. In, uh, Probably I, where you are, Kalamunda, I would wait until November. Now, you're not going to get flowers, so you've got two things. You can either wait to November and you won't get flowers this year or you do it at the end of March next year. Okay, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. All right, easy as. Nice, quick and easy question there. Uh, we'll go to Chris in Australind who has a question for you. Uh, Chris, go for it. What's your question for Sabrina? Okay, good morning, Jackie and Sabrina. Well, while I've been listening to you, I've managed to make some dumplings for a beef and wine casserole, so oh, all is not lost yeah. as well. Uh, Sabrina. Coming to your place. Oh, yeah, we're bo- Sabrina and I are both coming for dinner. Chris, I hope you've got five, enough. Five, six, Six o'clock, be here. (laughs) (laughs) What's your question? Um, Sabrina, I have, uh, I'm taking the grass out on my birch. What I would like to do is put in a very, very prostrate ground cover. Uh, And I was just wondering what you could recommend. Okay, so there's a couple of things. There Uh is the prostrate uh, acacia saligna. So it is... It's flat. So there's two types. There's the the ground cover prostrate acacia, saligna, and then there's um, another one called springtime cascade. They're big, like we're talking, that's going to cover three three square metres. Do you want something that big? Is that still very... Sorry, is that still very prostrate or... Because I'm on a corner, so I can't have vision impaired. Yeah, no, super flat. And what was that one called? Then there is a grevillea called flat out or bedspread. All right. Hope that helps you. Flat one. Chris in Australia, finding some uh, good. Uh, ground covering. On the text line, Sabrina, uh, this person, or Sharon in Denmark, she says, Hi, Sabrina, I heard you talk about rootstock in lemon trees earlier. If I have spiky branches but my fruit is good, do I just prune out the spiky limbs? Yes, that's what you do. Just prune out spiky limbs. Love it. All right. And Jane has uh, texted in and says, Hi, Sabrina, today I have to reorganise my garden, so can I repot roses, transplant iris and gerberas? All the above, three of the above, you most definitely can. Tick, tick, tick. All right, we're powering through these. Mike in Yelling Up has a question for you as well, Sabrina. Mike, what's your question? Uh, Hello, Sabrina. Hello, Jackie. I have a uh, windbreak of Casuarina Cunningham. I uh, probably 20 metres tall. Um, the, The side branches are starting to encroach on vineyard and a gravel road. If right. I chop a third of the 
chop a third of them off, um, will they still throw new new growth from the cut cut edges? Probably not. Okay. Highly unlikely. Right. Now, what you do in that instance is you do you do some you take a few branches and you prune them back that hard and see what happens. If they don't reshoot and they die back, then you've only lost a couple of branches. If they do reshoot and you get new growth, then you know you can go ahead and do uh, that to the the rest of them. But I I I doubt that you're going to get new growth if you prune back that hard. All right. Well, Serena, we are very, very fast approaching 10 o'clock and I just feel like we could just do this for another three hours. Easy. (laughs) Easy. Should we just take it over? Are there anyone checking? (laughs) I know. There's a lot of people that only listen to to me in the last one minute before sports talk comes on, so... There'd be there'd be a riot. Oh, they want their sport. They're like, stop talking yes. about plants and flowers. Just get on with the sport. <laughs> it's a big weekend coming up in sport as well. Uh, so there'll be lots of pe- lots of things to watch. Uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for text uh, for coming on and helping me through my very first roots and shoots show. <laughs> It was lovely playing with you, Jackie. Sabrina Hahn and Jackie Lynch, uh, right across the state. Sabrina's been taking your gardening questions, but that's all for us. Sorry if you didn't get your question answered, but there's always next week. You can also listen back on the podcast. It's on the Listen app. It's news time now, though. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.